1: Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, four feet just, just around the corner from me, folks, sitting right here at the uh, dining room table in the Carriger Studios is Kevin. How's it going, Kevin?
2: Good. I'm so thankful to be here in the Carragher Studios, and uh, thank you for having me in. It's, it's enjoyable to be in, uh, in the studios and just uh, thankful to have this spot.
1: Oh yeah, man. And uh, folks, I, I want to let you know that it's a good day around here when Kevin gets here. We're encouraged by that. And uh, i pray for him as he continues down the road in his ministry and life and that God would continue to open doors and do things. And maybe if you're listening, if you're a pastor, give us a shout. We'll hook up a chapter meeting with you with Kevin. So we find ourselves. So uh, I think I went right back to the same place. We were. Don't you hate that when you open up the wrong place? and <laughs> And uh, but peer pressure is real. And uh, I'll tell you that, you know, speaking of peer pressure I'll tell you is where I want to come from negative peer pressure. Folks we get it, don't we? And uh, we get it at work. We we get it at home. Sometimes you even get it in your church. You know, there's this, peer, why don't you just do this? Oh, God really didn't mean that. There's only one time for you to do this. Well, can I tell you something, dear friends? There's only one time for me to serve God, too. And so often, so many times in my life, I fell to peer pressure because I bought into the gibberish. I bought into the nonsense. It's, hey, you only got one life to live. Doug, you've been through all this. You deserve this you know, go out and do this, party this way, live this way. Folks, I'm ashamed to tell you my first couple of years as a Christian, my life was a mess. I kept on wanting to, uh, you know, put the world in there where God's at, but God where the world's at, try to fit things together, try to squeeze things together uh, because peer pressure was there. I wanted to hang out with my old friends, you know, the dirty jokes, have the fun, uh, live upside down. At the same time, I wanted to live a godly life and and at this time I got a godly wife, godly kids. I'm taking them to church. They're living real. They're all in. They're living a real life, man. And uh, I'll tell you that changed me. You know, when your uh your your few year old son looks at you and says, Daddy, I'm so glad we get to serve God. Mm-hmm. And uh I'll tell you those things make a difference. And and, and so what does it come down to? You know, there's a hundred verses just like everything else about peer pressure, but for me, just one. This is just, you know, it comes down to be not conformed to this world and, and Romans chapter 12, verse two, uh, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. And as I was quoting that and thinking about that, it was crossing my mind. I got to tell you, there's got to be renewing in the mind there. there, You know, the peer pressure is going to win. The pressure is going to win. You're going to start loading up the excuses. The excuses are there. I, I'll tell you, folks, I, I tell people this all the time. So from 2004, uh, to 2020, I went from about 205 pounds to almost 300 pounds. And I kept saying, well, I'm on the road all the time. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Then I come across this guy, uh, Scott Pauley, evangelist. And he's out running out in front of the hotel. And he looks at me and says, man, I've lost all kinds of weight. Isn't it serving God great? And boy, that slapped me in the face. and And, man, I had to gather things up and said, man, it's time. I got to stop making excuses about this. Then there's times when I'm like, man, I just don't have time to read my Bible. My head's not right this morning. You want to get your head right? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's when your head gets right. Uh, when times are bad, when the, when the world's gathering up, when you're living a historical perspective, been there. Have you been there, Kevin? Living that historical, I've been through this. I don't have to do this. You've been there?
2: I've been there. You know, peer pressure times where you're asking questions, boy, you know, who am I going to have to face with this? Uh, What are they going to say? You know, I've just, I'm going to feel ashamed when I'm with this crowd, you know, all those negative things, you know, they ought to be red flags that I've got the wrong, I've got the wrong crowd or, you know, the crowd that I have to see is too much. uh, It has too much influence over the way I think. And the Bible says, be, transformed not conformed to the world but this is the good part transformed by the renewing of the mind so you know if i had to go to work and face a bad crowd it would be of utmost importance that every morning i spend time hearing god's standpoint on things getting god's comfort on my problems getting god in god's encouragement and promises to go forward and then my mind is kind of washed with a pressure washer. It's important to go to church so that the pressure washer is really turned on good and strong, you know, and then, uh, go to a revival meeting. That's where the pressure washer just really takes it down to the paint. And, uh, and then <clears throat> when you go with that Uh, with the crowd suddenly the the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace but we have to choose our crowd you know David said this and I think it's David Psalm 42 verse 4 when I remember these things I pour out my soul in me it's obviously trauma he's going through for I had gone with the multitude I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. So he's remembering back to the times when he had fellowship with God's people and he's missing it because of the crowd that he was with. And um, it says somewhere else, go run not with uh, multitude to evil or something like that. You know, you can go with a multitude to church. That's a good peer pressure. Or you can go with a multitude that, that, that follows evil things. And Doug, I really... I really kind of parse through the idea of what is peer pressure. Peer pressure is where there's influence in your life and who you're going to let influence you. We, we have accountability. We've got people that we know we have to answer to. But it's a bad thing when the person that steps up as the, you know, as the, you know, takes the microphone of your life and expects you to do things. Um, or you expect them for to do things. I mean, it it might be a bully in your life, it might be a spiritual figure who's bullying you, and you have no joy because of it, and you may need to go talk to them and say, Stop bullying me. I've had to do that before. Years ago, I went to a spiritual leader in my life, ages ago, and I said, I feel like I'm just can I talk to you privately? I feel like you're trying to be my Lord. And um, he started crying because he was like, I'm not your Lord. But uh, so so that was a good discussion, but um, anyway, whoever it may be, your boss, it may be your spouse, it may be someone else, where you feel like, you know what I feel like, and, and I'm not trying to blame you, but I feel like I'm being too influenced, and I'm losing sight of Jesus Christ, and anyway, in that in that. Um, in that talk that you're having with people or, uh, you know, with with the bully, with the leader in your life, or it might be someone that you need to ask yourself, this person is influencing my life because I want something off of them, and I am trying to protect this relationship. You know, it's kind of like Jonah, Jonah who uh, did not want the Ninevites to get saved. He was just, you know, he was just guarded about, you know, handling these people, but he loved the gourd. And when the gourd grew up and the gourd gave him shade, he said, I can get something off this gourd. And so he was upset when the gourd died. And God said, you know what? You care more about the gourd than you do about souls. But, you know, I'm trying to get something off of somebody. And I let that person influence me because I'm protective of their view of me. That is a miserable relationship. I don't care if it's your wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a boss, someone at school, there is someone that you're like. Ooh, I, I want to maintain. I want to butter up. I want to kiss up. I got a shiny apple for you, teacher. Okay, why is it? Well, if that teacher is saying good, thank you very much, and I know I'm so glad that you're not a troublemaker in this class like Susie, who always challenges the theory of evolution. You're so quiet and you're so agreeable. Stop it. That if you're a Christian, you are um, you are bound to determine to let. The peer pressure in your life, be positive peer pressure, not trying to get something off somebody, not a bully telling you what to do, but uh, yeah, choose
1: wisely. Choose wisely. It says over in Proverbs 110, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. It also says in Proverbs, it caught my attention. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And and folks, I'll tell you, you know, those fools can give you all the peer pressure they want, but they can't give you eternity. Mm-hmm. They can't give you peace. They can't give you the Holy Spirit of God working within your hearts. So again, it's a decision point. Every day, and and I, the last thing we want this broadcast to sound like is that some judgmental thing, because we have to go through all these things. When we talk about these things, we're talking about our own lives, yep. things we've been through. Please, brethren, we're in no way better than you, in some ways worse. We, yeah. We're seeing they this stuff us. clearly that are in our lives. And uh, I want you to know that God has given you everything you need to persevere, everything you need to walk away from these knuckleheads, and uh, just to get away. And, and there's a freedom that comes from that. There's a, you know, when you're, when you're in the God zone, I'm telling you life gets better when you're in the God zone, life is happier. When you're in the God zone, the things of this world that hurt you so bad, the people of this world that hurt you so bad, the God zone takes that away. The God zone puts that smile back on your face. The God zone has you thinking rightly. The God zone is a good place to be. Hey, hang with us. Don't go
0: anywhere.
1: I'm telling you, as we continue to move forward with the life of Christ, there's so much we learn as we look at Christ's life. There's so much that can be applied to our lives, and uh, we've been talking about negative peer pressure, peer pressure, what it can do to a Christian's life, how it can ruin our testimony, how it can ruin our living, how it can ruin the zone we live in, and and uh, we see over here in John chapter 18, we're doing verses 17 and 18, and we mentioned earlier that we're doing this in bite sizes. Uh, this is you know the the trials the crucifixion everything going on with the life of christ this is some pretty important stuff so over the next few weeks uh four or five weeks as we close this out and go back and look at the the names of christ go back look at the miracles of christ that we haven't covered go back look at the olivet discord i mean there's so much going on with the life of christ we're so excited about that but in john 18 17 and 18 then say at the damsel Uh, that kept the door unto Peter, art thou not also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and the officers stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. It was probably like the South Carolina weather today. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Uh, Peter's denial, this young woman, Uh, who kept the door, said, aren't you with Christ? And, And folks, I'll tell you, it gets that bad with us where people look at us and say, aren't you? Aren't you part of that ministry? I I often tell the story that my dear brother in Christ and he wouldn't mind if I tell this story. Retired Navy SEAL, went through Bible college, became a missionary to the military still is, church planner over there in Italy and I picked him up at the airport and we were driving down the road in a church van. It literally had the name of our church. On the side of a van, and we were we were in a traffic jam trying to get in the right lane to get off an exit. And my dear brother, a godly man, a pastor, a church planner, hung out the window and yelled to this woman, "What are you stupid? Can't you see we're trying to take this exit?" And uh, and folks, I remember she let us in. We were able to take the exit. And I looked at Tim and I and I said, "Dear brother Tim, I said, look out your mirror at the side of the van. What does it say on it?" And he. He read the church name. I said, does that make you feel good he's like no man i feel like dirt <laughs> and can i tell you that's what peer pressure will lead you to that's where mm-hmm. denying things will bring you it'll bring you to that place where you feel like dirt and, and there's fear involved with that when peer yeah. pressure you know, when you're afraid, let me tell you, being afraid is not a good place to be. That's not a navigable place to be. That's not good waters. Uh, you know, can I tell you something? A good sailor isn't made on calm waters. All right. Sometimes God is going to shake up the boat a little bit. Some kind. You know, a good soldier is not made back in the garrison. A good soldier is out there getting ready, training. The battle's won before you even go to war. We learn as we study leadership, but so often, folks, we let fear take us over because it creeps. Heaps in. We're denying God. We're getting caught up in this stuff. We we need to surrender to Him. We got to accept God's will. We got to sacrifice, and 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 we can't be denying God. And and you know the officers are watching. But this is a lesson to me, Kevin, in self-examination. This is a lesson where we need to stop and say, Do I fall into any of these crazy categories? Am I living this way? I think this is the lesson we have to see here, brethren. And the lesson we have to see is. That I live in this way.
2: Yeah, boy, those questions are key self-examination questions because peer pressure affects all of us. You mentioned earlier before the break that we are not spotless ourselves. None of us are clean as the wind-driven snow, <laughs> both in our past and our future. Because they're gonna, we're gonna be put in situations. I'm certain possibly in the future of our nation, if not the future of the company you serve in, and the future of a ministry that you're involved in, a change of of leadership in a church takes place, change of leadership in some ministry takes place where there's a discussion like Peter was faced with. He suddenly found himself around a fire. He's just trying to keep himself warm and hang out, you know, somewhat close to Jesus, kind of uh, you know, walk the fence. But in that situation, suddenly the crowd that he was surrounded with is saying, yeah, boy, Jesus finally getting his. Oh yeah. Hey, what about you? Aren't you one of his disciples? And he's like, (laughs) all of a sudden the discussion, you know, the, the, the tables are being turned against the disciples and you don't have a good answer. You're just, you know, things are topsy turvy. What is going on in my life? That happens in trauma. Trauma is that the situation is the tables turn, and you're not sure which way is up. And I've had it happen, Doug. I've had it happen where I remember we were in a... uh, uh, as a new believer, I was at my house, at my mother's house. I was still at home. I was going to college. It was home for the summer, or whatever, home for Thanksgiving. And um, one of my uh, aunts was there. And I never forget this. I was a new believer. I didn't even witness for Christ. I mean, I was that young. I was saved in my bedroom. I didn't know what the word witness hardly even meant. I wasn't in a church. And there I am. And the, the, ty- the, the, discussion kind of turned against these born-again types and my aunt said in kind of a cackly voice I wish someone would even tell me what this born-again stuff means and she said it with a mean uh, tone in her voice and I'm thinking but I know what born-again means because I know that's what happened to me in my bedroom but I, I literally choked I was eating a donut and I choked spiritually and I choked physically because I went oh <coughs> And I went out and started coughing up donut. But the reason I inhaled the donut is because it was a coffee spitting moment. It was like, you know, the Bible says it shall turn to you for a testimony. And, you know, God will give you in that hour. And I should have just said, I should have just said, you know what? Born again is what happened to me. (laughs) That's all I knew Born against what happened to me. The Lord saved my soul. That's all I can say. But I was so fearful. The the discussion had turned against the things that made sense to me. And, you know, folks, there's going to be times when you're on the job and it's going to be a discussion suddenly comes up where, like, you know, I feel like the tide is turning against good things. And maybe it's not against Jesus Christ personally, but here's the thing. Nehemiah was confronted with some peer pressure by people named Tobiah and Samballot and Geshem the Arabian and and the the natives and and some Jews. And lo, he said, I perceived that God had not sent them, but that he had pronounced his prophecy against me for Tobiah and Samballot had hired him. He didn't know which end was up. There was a lot of pressure the tables were turning there was accusations that they were being rabble rousers and he could have said oh no i'm and i'm going to pro- to prove i'm not a rabble rouser we're just going to stop building the wall that like they were we're going to stop doing the right thing but instead he perceived that god was not in them and, and, folks, sometimes you got to say, well, I don't know what to answer, but I'm going to have to pray about it. And God gives you perception whether it's time to go, time to take a stand. And there's no um, replacement for prayer about things.
1: No, nah, there's not. And, and, you know, that's such a good theory. Uh, <sighs> not even a theory, such good theology that Kevin was just talking about there. And in this self-examination, the reason we train this, the reason we look at this, when I was in the army, we, you know, when the new guys would come in, they'd say, why do we train over and over and over and over again? Mm -hmm. Because when you need that training, it'll be Mm -hmm. second nature to you. And, and folks, can I tell you, why do we examine these things? Why do we deal with these difficult choices? Because you're going to live through difficult choices. There's going to be persecution of your faith. There, there's going to be times and that, you know, that pretty little girl or that pretty little boy or whatever it is in your life, uh, that, that switch is going to be on within your head. And you got to make the right decisions. You got to, you know, you, you got to hold to your convictions. You, yeah. you've got to trust God. You got to, you have to step out. We're going to be hurt, folks, and that's the bad news. Can I tell you something? There's bad people out there, and those bad people are going to hurt us. There's people out there uh, that that their intentions are not well. They're they're nefarious in nature, and and you know we gotta we gotta see that, and we can see that we can see that it's, it's turning into persecution. We can see that it's turning into an evil choice, and we got to be standing firm in our convictions, and we got to say, wait a minute, did we talk about that? on that broadcast didn't we see that in the life of christ this is where i say not only no but no way folks we love you guys make sure you come back next week we can't wait to be with you again may god bless you have a great day
0: thank you for listening to our broadcast at health for wounded spirits we believe the bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your lord and savior The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.